I try to surround myself with people who are like mentors, uh, who I can really learn from. But again, it's about taking the opportunity and what you will do with it and running with it. But at this point, uh, at this time, uh, this is where I'm going to stake my claim. This is where I'm going to wear, you know, my thumbs down to the bone and figure out ways, you know, to really make it happen. You know, everyone has challenges in, in, in life and like that's, that's the way how life is. But how you approach it, can you approach it through, you know, to be able to grow through love or at least have an, a reason of, you know, being able to move forward in the face of adversity and, and difficulty. And having these challenging experiences is what really makes you who you are. Our lives are often filled with worry and chaos as the media propagates one negative story after another, bringing divide and tension within topics such as politics, religion, and race relations. These stories fuel hatred and confusion while people continue to live in fear. Yet through all this negative energy, many are delivering messages of wisdom and hope, encouraging positive change, and that's something I'm aiming to do. My name is Roger Brooks, and I'm hopeful for our future, but we must be the change and not be a spectator in life, looking from the outside in. For as long as I could remember, I've been fascinated by people's stories. Stories speak to us, and since the beginning of time, the human race has prospered by passing down wisdom told through the essence of story. It's a way for people to aspire to become the hero they know they could be, seeing their higher self through the wisdom of others. What started out as a hobby has quickly turned into my life mission, and as I deliver a new guest each Sunday, I'll aim to prompt the questions you may be thinking, and through the power of listening, I'll allow the guests to speak and articulate their points of view in order to give you the headspace you need to realize your own hero's journey. We are one race. We are one people. Help spread the word about American Real, and together, let's make great stories go viral to inspire, enlighten, and empower those we love and the masses we hope to reach.
This week on American Reel, we welcome Imran Batla, who conducts his work in the same building where we film our episodes. Imran explains the concept behind a business incubator, ties to the university, the impact it could have on new businesses, the economy, and the community at large. Our guest is someone who has a pulse on the inner workings of a community, highlighting collaboration and what bringing people together can do for birthing new ideas and events within a locale. Imran did a bit of role play, quizzing me about where I was when we were first introduced. Tune in to see how that played out. Then Imran digs into his upbringing, his college degree in human development, and his current position in cloud computing, supporting businesses and providing solutions using the tools of Salesforce. So sit back and relax as I welcome Mr. Imran Batla. This is American Real. I am Roger Brooks. My guest today is Imran Batla, a customer success advocate and business solutions administrator for Global Cloud Solutions. You specialize in developing better tools for businesses. You are a passionate champion for local businesses. Imran, welcome to the show. Well, thank you, Roger. It's a pleasure to be here. What people don't know, because they're just meeting you now, is mm -hmm. that we both work out of the same building, uh -huh. which is awesome. Uh, mm -hmm. I've seen you several times. You came to one of our workshops. Mm -hmm. And uh, we are in what's called a business incubator. Mm -hmm. And I'd love for you to explain what the incubator is, because sure. I've never talked about it publicly. Mm -hmm and uh, just the vibe here and, and what it's all about. Yeah, uh, absolutely. And I just wanted to first say, you know, I'm just really excited to, you know, have a conversation with you and a big fan of American Real. Likewise, and thank it's you. It's been really great to just see everything that you've done and looking forward to just seeing all the amazing things that, that, that you're going to accomplish. So, thank you. And uh, hopefully we'll be able that. to do some yeah business together because I want to tap into the <laughs> great minds of this incubator and you're definitely one of them. Right, uh, absolutely, absolutely. And so uh, with that said, uh, we're actually housed right now um, at the Kaufman Southern Tier Incubator and uh, I believe to the best of my knowledge was that it was open in 2017, um, kind of springish or so. I've, I've been here since about July, uh, so it was kind of open a little bit um, um, uh, before and my understanding is it took about 10 years or so for it to finally come to uh, fruition and uh, I think you know uh, as now you know we I think having this conversation is is really great because it kind of jump starts of like what it means to be here in the in the incubator but there's a lot of people uh, who really do amazing jobs with not only running the place but in looking at how the vision is and what it's supposed to be for the community. Uh, and so I encourage you to you know, reach out to people like Dan Mori, uh, who was a previous uh, director of uh, business incubation. I think he'd be a great guest for you. Uh, Eric Krohn, um, and an amazing, uh, he currently runs the incubator right now. And uh, I try to surround myself with people who are like mentors, uh, who I can really learn from. And so those two are really great examples of people that really understand how important it is to build um, and grow, help grow our local economy through entrepreneurship and allowing entrepreneurs to, you know, have a set foot in the community um, and be able to flourish. And that's why I'm excited to have a conversation 
with you today because I'm interested to see, you know, how is it that as someone, as a native like yourself, uh, growing up in the area, how important it is to, you know, find ways to live, work, and play uh, to provide this to be a great place uh, to grow our families and to have an imprint uh, and be able to provide success for businesses uh, in the area. Um, so, yeah. Awesome. And um, I, my sister was in town last week mm -hmm. for the holiday. Yeah. And I, I brought her here for the first time. She lives in Philadelphia. Yeah. And we were out in the parking lot, and she's just looking at the building. Yeah. And I told her this is where we do the show and everything else. And she's just looking. She says, what is this? Huh. So how would you explain it? What happens here? I would say, so when you hear the word incubation, like when I first heard it, I was like, is that where eggs are being <laughs> brought up? A lot of people have the same A lot of people said some sort of science thing. Um, but it is, uh, uh, it is much more than that. And I really, you know, as being a member of the incubator, so seeing it from that kind of ground level. Um, also, just a quick story reference point, because I heard this during the uh, summit. We recently had an entrepreneurship summit that Dan Mori runs. One of the stories was when um, Harvey... President Harvey just got on board to be president. He kind of looked around the area and he's like, where is the incubator? And no one, no one really could tell him anything. And he's like, okay, well, we have to have an incubator. Um, I, I, my understanding is where he's coming from is to see how can we kind of help grow and cultivate, you know, businesses in the area as well as, you know, look at ways for students to come out of the university and maybe stay in, in the area. And as we know, through kind of funding mechanisms with the state university systems, there's only so much you can really get and ask from Albany. And so the idea, um, and many other institutions, higher ed institutions, have really looked at this, is to see, you know, we, we are a research university. We're one of the four premier uh, institutions and in addition to you know trying to attract the state funding and National Science Foundation funding how is it that we can look at entrepreneurship and innovation partnerships within a division of the university and think of ways about commercializing the research that comes out of it or at least providing sort of a license structure sure. uh, to provide funding direct funding for the university so that you don't have to go hat in hand and with the whims of Albany and, and stuff like that. And so one of the things I learned at the, at the summit was that many people who are, you know, much who have, um, um, who are at a different level than I am are thinking 10 years out. And that's the vision that Harvey was kind of looking at when, when he came in. And it's really cool to actually see a lot of those, you know, long-term vision plans kind of being executed and the way I see myself and my role and what our company with Global Cloud Solutions is okay now that you've created an environment um, and this is something that our politicians are, are very quick to say and I understand why they say that that the goal of government is not to create jobs but it, the goal is to create an environment where people can can flourish and that's what we're trying to do so that we're not regulated to the extreme or finding a ways to support other businesses in the area so that they can improve you know their their bottom line and you know provide you know these amazing opportunities uh, for growth and employment opportunities and so 
that's what I'm excited about is to be on the front lines to help uh, promote that. That's so awesome. And you explain that great. I even understand it better myself now. And um, but this the incubator and I think this is the case in any city, right? Um, it's really a short term stay. Ooh. It's it's yep. a place to get started. But the yep. idea is to to get out into the real world. Is that right? Yes. Yes, absolutely. And the idea is, you know, through the kind of mentorship and programs that they've established. And um, that's why Eric is, is so amazing in his role, and not only as the director of the incubator, but developing the curriculum and the mentorship uh, around that to support people um, so that it's not just having like a, a, a key business idea. It's about understanding product market fit and seeing how that can be conceptualize how that can be real and we've been able to graduate six firms in just you know in less than 18 months yeah. which has been absolutely incredible to see that level of uh, kind of growth happen right off the jump and my understanding is not a lot of incubators in, in the country uh, and there's a lot of them that are, are sprouting up which I'm interested to kind of understand like what that model is and and really what it's for but to see that immediate success that in Binghamton, in the southern tier of New York, in an environment where, to be real, and you probably know this from, from experience, it is hard to have a business here yes. in upstate New York. The regulations alone taxes. and the taxes and the environment is just, it's not conducive. And you have bureaucracies that are very slow and are not nimble and dealing with higher education institutions you have all these layers of of problems and you have a lot of smart people that are, are tackling that and i get that but it's the ability to find a way to chip through those problems and create that environment for growth yeah. uh, and that's why i'm excited that what the incubator um, has the really strong potential to do uh, for this area no, and I have to say, one of the things that I've been trying to practice more is just to be grateful mm -hmm. for my life, right. for my family, for my, my job and my career and everything else. And just, just this morning, mm -hmm. um, in between interviews, uh, I went to the restroom, washed my hands, and I was just thinking, you know, I'm really blessed to be in this building. Yes. I mean, how incredible yeah. is it? Yeah. And we'll do a special tour for your episode so mm -hmm. people could see because sure. we've never done that, but I think this is a great episode to mm -hmm. do that. Um, this building is amazing. Yeah. yeah. And it just gives, I don't know about you, but I have such an uplifting feeling when I'm here. Uh -huh. And I'm grateful. And I'm grateful for Harvey and all the, the, the people that had that vision mm -hmm. to get it to where it is. And um, the second half of, of what I wanted to ask you was uh, when you said graduate, just so people have a clear understanding. You mean businesses that started here and are now out into the real world, correct? Yes, yes. Uh, and could you give correct. us an example or two? Correct, yeah, so our, one of our first businesses was uh, uh, Key Branding Labs. Uh, Adam Sable, yes. he would be another great person uh, just to get that perspective of what it was like to go through an accelerator program. He was part of uh, EAP entrepreneurship um, and uh, um, uh, through BCC. Uh, BCC is another great example. So a lot of times when people learn about the history, they think, oh, it's, it's a BU thing. It's a, like a siloed thing. It's, it's part of the university. But what was really great during the summit, you know, what we understood is that 
it truly is a partnership because it's a community-led initiative. So it's not just a Binghamton University thing. Uh, BCC also has a, a great deal of involvement, especially on the third floor. And that's probably the most exciting floor is the third floor. It is. is that's to, where I spend most of my time. Is to see that, yeah. yeah. I love being there and making calls and looking out into the uh, window. And uh, uh, Darlene, she's, she's an amazing person uh, to be able to... Uh, to be involved and you know I, both of us uh, we're both graduates of BCC yes. as well and to, so to see that connection to BCC is, is, is really is, special is, is pretty neat yeah. um, and then so Adam was a graduate of that program uh, he was the first um, he was here I was here with him and uh, last year um, he kind of he graduated and he was thankfully able to find a spot off of Washington uh, Washington Ave and so he's able to stay in the area uh, and he's also from the area and so he has a dedication you know with his services he provides marketing uh, services social media uh, correct yeah You're social right. media namely around Facebook yes uh, hopefully we can get him to look at how he can help with LinkedIn but <laughs> <That's> uh, <right. laughs> you know he's got a he's got a that's something you can maybe bring up to him <laughs> um, uh, but uh, he's doing a tremendous job, and he's been getting some uh, really key uh, clients. In fact, and this is actually the first time I can actually probably announce it right here, uh, unveil this on the show, is that um, you know I'm big fans of uh, uh, Waterman's Dis uh, Distillery. Yes. Uh, so they're based in uh, uh, Appalachian. Big Joel fans Michelle of Joe and, and, and Michelle. Yes. And uh, working with them, doing some um, uh, really cool things, and maybe it's a project I could talk about. But one of the things that I have historically been involved in and Michelle has been involved in is really helping to support and look at you know how is it that we can um, uh, really provide uh, avenues of success for our local veterans and uh, her she has family uh, who are who are in the military service and she was very dedicated uh, to that and because of my involvement here and this is what's so great about being here in the building yeah, the building is nice. Yeah, okay, it was $19 million, $17 million from the state, $2 million to have a family name on the building. I, you know, I get all that. Me, it's not about the flashiness and the nuts and bolts. It's about, it's, it's, and as, as a smart energy building and all the great you know, bells and whistles, it's really about what happens inside the building. And that's, that's what I really want the opportunity to highlight is a collaboration. So we have a group here called uh, COLA, Quality of Life, um, and it's a veteran-run organization. Uh, really a great individual, uh, Zach, uh, who's another person that to interact with. And I was able to introduce Zach to Michelle, um, and she was able to have a brunch for uh, veterans, and Zach was able to uh, uh, get that. And, and this was like months ago. This was last year, uh, uh, November. And earlier this spring, when I was visiting Michelle, she was like, you know, Imran, I really want to do something for, uh, you know, kind of a, an event around Veterans Day. And I want to get in touch with Zach. But because Zach was here, I was able to help facilitate that. And so that's what's so great about this place is the facilitation and collaboration. So what I, just to fast forward and, and to kind of uh, wrap it up, we're working with Michelle to, to actually do a really great Veterans Day event this year hmm. uh, where we're going to invite some of the other distilleries in, in New York to come down and actually do a whiskey jam celebration for veterans. Wow. And Zach is actually part, was with an organization called Clear Path. 
for veterans. They just took over the Vestal Hills Country Club, and they're going to build a beautiful facility uh, for veterans in our area. And we're, we're now in a position to hopefully, you know, have an amazing opportunity to support that organization directly uh, through this kind of whiskey jam celebration. Isn't that incredible? And in fact, Adam is actually going to help us with that too. So that's where it all kind of circles back around. No, and is through the had it not been for this building, that none would, of that collaboration would have happened. The important part, yeah. as you say, wouldn't, wouldn't have happened. Yeah. Wow. Absolutely. Awesome. I have a quick question for you. Can you maybe just share a quick story of how we were first introduced? Through AJ. Okay. So uh -huh. I, believe, I, I believe we were introduced the day of the summit, correct? Were you sitting outside? Were you sitting out, um, outside for lunch? Uh, yeah, yeah, I, I, yeah, absolutely yeah. I was. But actually, just as a quick uh, disclaimer, I'm glad you mentioned AJ, because that is the case. But the summit just recently happened in, in May. We were actually, so that may have been the first time we met. Okay. But I, was, I wanted to talk about being introduced to you. And so when we were first introduced, can you tell me where you were December 27th of last year? I know it was two days after Christmas. I don't, I don't remember. Okay. You, you might have been with family, probably. Probably. Uh, needless to say, we didn't see each other December 27th. Okay. But I will say that was the day your interview with Real Talk University dropped. And that's how I first was okay. introduced to you. Oh, that's cool. To learn about you and, and your history. And so what is so great for me, you know, I just, I'm getting a little bit of goosebumps <laughs> with that, is that here I was, you know, I'm in Johnson City. You don't know me. You know, I know you're out there. I just first introduced and I learn about you. I learn about your history. I, I, I hear this is what, what podcasting is so amazing. It's like the ultimate democratizer that it can really help bridge and connect people who normally, um, for all attempts and purposes, we probably never would have met. Right. But that is when I truly felt that I was be introduced to you. And I knew that if there was an opportunity at some point in the future, I'd have to actually meet you and just to let you know. That's so uh, awesome. What a great story. <laughs> how, how great it was what a great to, story. to learn about you. And, no, and how neat. So f for people that don't know, uh, Real Talk University, <laughs> actually, so AJ or Andre yeah. Heichel, a yep. uh, young man who goes to, to uh, BU, mm -hmm. Binghamton University, um, he's a freshman, but he's actually a sophomore because he had enough mm -hmm. credits out of high school that he started college as a sophomore. Yep. Uh, we're longtime family friends, so I watched him grow up since he was a baby. And we were at a wedding, uh, my nephew's wedding, mm -hmm. last summer. And he started asking me all kinds of questions about American Real and the podcast. And yep. He was listening to podcasts and that he wanted to start his own podcast. Mm -hmm. And I said, AJ, do it. Yeah. And, you know, I gave him a little bit of tips here and there, but he did it himself. Mm -hmm. And he came up with the name and he partnered up with, with, with Christian. Mm -hmm. And here they have this incredible podcast yeah. that, that you listened to yeah. and were introduced to me. And, and then the day we actually met in person... AJ introduced us. Mm -hmm. yep. So how cool is that? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, <laughs> it's a small world. 
Thank you for that story because yep. I, I, I was thinking, where was Ooh. I on December 27th? <laughs> you, had me, you had me there. The company you work for, mm -hmm. do you have, does the company have its own agenda as far as how long you want to be here? How does that work? So you, you, I saw your office, yep. um, really cool, four stations, mm -hmm. a lot of whiteboarding going on. Yep. Um, what's, what's the plan? Sure. So we're not, in the traditional sense, we're not really a startup. Um, you know, my supervisor, Tom Gilligan, he's president of Global Cloud Solutions, been doing this actually since uh, the early 2000s. Uh, kind of started in marketing and product fulfillment. And that just moved into looking at how using the internet and developing web application tools can help support business-to-business -business solutions. Uh, and so he's been blessed with you know, having that um, capability and making it his own business uh, since that time. And uh, I would love to tell a story of how I came to get to know him, and I'll, I'll get to that in, in a second. Uh, but to fast forward, before the incubator startup, he was actually at ITC, which is uh, part of the campus at Binghamton University. And uh, Laura Holmes, who's one of the associate directors here, uh, had invited him to check out the building. Um, and he was here, and then he was like, yeah, this is way better than just having an office outside of my home or being kind of stuck on, on campus. You know, so he was excited to... Uh, see about um, and, and so we, we we've been here since since it kind of started uh, and we've actually helped entrepreneurship and innovation partnerships with uh, a lease management system whereas you know they could have spent you know big bucks when you, you think of buildings you know there's always all these costs everything is a cost right and so uh, when you're thinking about bringing tenants in you know, it's one thing to like come up with like these really great ideas, but at the end of the day, it all, it's all going to cost money some way or another. Sure. And so managing all that, that's the kind of purgatory of what, not, they're not in pur purgatory, but <laughs> maybe some days it may feel like it, but that's the purview of entrepreneurship and innovation partnerships. They help um, manage the companies that are in, in the building, and they're doing an incredible job with that. And so what we're helping them with is looking at uh, developing a tailored tool uh, that can be a holistic way of looking at not only how you attract tenants to come to the building and when they're in the building, you know, that whole kind of lease and uh, rent agreement and insurances. And we've developed this platform where they can very easily help maintain that. And in addition to that, that platform can build for event management as well. And so now, because you know, we, we just had an awesome uh, event, over 200 people um, um, came to it during the uh, entrepreneurship thing. Wouldn't, wouldn't it be really, really awesome where as they send out notifications for an event like this for next year, to track not only the people who they're trying to invite, but the people that come and register, who show up, and then when people leave an event, do a post-follow-up survey to see, you know, how, well, how was it the event? Was there something else you would like to see? And then connect more and more people to all the great things that the incubator is doing and what they're trying to accomplish. So that we're in the beginning stages of looking at not only seeing the incubator as a physical space, 
to attract people, but as a way, you know, maybe using some technology tools uh, that we are helping to support with as a way to bring everyone together and provide kind of a closed loop of that interaction process. So that's really neat. So your company is actually integral in helping the incubator itself be more proficient in its own way. Yep, yep. And that's where some of our great collaborations have actually emerged directly from the incubator itself. Uh, partnering with some other agencies, Artistry by Design, which is a great graphic design uh, uh, agencies. I will say that I think you've had a lot of great, great guests. I think it would be awesome if you can start to have more uh, women uh, as, as guest uh, uh, contributors. Yes, and we have and, actually, there's um, uh, Katie who's in this building. Mm -hmm. She will be on the show. She started her own skin yep. care line. Yep. And yep. yes, Microbiota. we definitely, we, we definitely plan to have more women yeah. uh, as That's well. Awesome. And it, you know, yeah. for us, it's really, there's equalization. Right. There, there, we just want to share good stories. Yeah. And for some reason, you know, we've, we've had more men, maybe because I'm, I'm a male, it's easier to connect, but mm -hmm. um, absolutely, we want, we want, we, we want all, uh, you know, uh, both genders to, to shine. Yeah. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. Rachel, Rachel Jenks, who runs Artistry by Design. Yes. She's a graphic design um, uh, um, uh, artist. She very focuses on brand uh, development. She would be a great a great guest great. Uh, for you as well. No, we and, can do a whole year of people oh, yeah. just in this building. <laughs> <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. A quick project we work with her on. We have a, a client that does printed circuit board uh, materials. So they're like a global 1,000 company. Hmm. They're based in... Um, Arizona, actually, and we are doing an animation project for them because they attend trade shows. So we were already providing services of lead capture as they went to uh, trade shows, but they were asking us, hey, we want to do like a visualization of these CAD drawings, a 3D animation, and we had no knowledge of that, but we help with kind of back-end web application services, and so we were like, oh, well, who might we know? And then immediately we thought of Rachel, uh, who has that experience, awesome. who knows about that. And we were able to partner with her to do this visualization project for this global 1000 company. Again, in, just in Europe. Yeah, yeah. the collaboration. Of yep. it. So let's talk about your backstory. Mm -hmm. Tell us about your upbringing. Sure. Uh, well, as I mentioned, uh, I love the fact that I'm uh, proud to be you know, a, um, uh, an area native. Uh, Team 607 all the way. <laughs> love it. I, I, I love it too. I love kind of growing up here, just playing outside, stickball with friends, you know. It was, it was, at a, it was a glorious time, you know, in the, in the 80s and 90s where my parents were like, just go out and play and come back home uh, when, it's, when it's dark. And, um, and, you know, having a lot of great friends at school and... Um, and it was just like a really special time. And that's why, you know, as I'm kind of growing uh, as an as elder millennial now, <laughs> not, to, not to kind of d date myself, I've, I've been very passionate about figuring out ways, you know, how is it that I can stay and start and raise a family myself? I've been blessed to visit, you know, and travel uh, a few different locations uh, and actually live in, in different cities because it's really tough, you know, being a young person. And for me, it was um, interesting because a lot of my friends, when I graduated high school, they all left. Yeah. 
And uh, I'd be interested to see, you know, if you've started conversations with your son or daughter, you know, what are they feeling about kind of higher education? Are they maybe considering potentially to stay in the area or are they, you know, trying to think of uh, moving out? The, right now, as of right now, they're both, they both want out. Yeah, okay. Which yeah. I think is typical yeah. for, right. for kids in this area. And like you sure. said, your friends and my friends, most of them, right. most of them leave because of there hasn't been the work here to support that. Right, right. But Absolutely. it's people like, like you and I that are, that are going to change that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then hopefully that's why I'm committed. You know, I, I was in Atlanta for uh, a few years. And again, the same story. I had to leave, even though I may have wanted to stay. Um, but I just had to, I had to, and it was actually the best experience because you face these challenges and I mean, that's what about living is like, you know, everyone has challenges in, in, in life and like, that's, that's the way how life is, but how you approach it, can you approach it through, you know, to be able to grow through love or at least have an, a reason of you know, being able to move forward in the face of adversity and, and difficulty. And having these challenging experiences is what really makes you who you are. And so, yes, I did have to leave and, and I, I really wanted to try and start things on my own in different locations, whether it be in DC, Atlanta, Chicago. I went to places where I thought and I was able to find opportunity there, you know, gainful employment opportunity. Um, but I was called back because um, my father ended up uh, getting ill. And, uh, you know, it's a, it's a tough thing to go through when, you're, when your parents are, 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 are kind of suffering through that. And there's no one else, it's just me. And so I had a very difficult choice. You know, I could just say, I'm kind of, I'm doing my own thing, I'm successful. I, I, I'm, I'm kind of established, I'm sorry I can't come home, or do I just, even in the midst of all that, do I just say, well, what is important? And I really appreciate, you know, uh, when we, when you had the workshop, you talked about how important family is, and, the, you know, being centered around family. And that's, that's what brought me back. And so since then, I've been here since 2017, you know, help, I, I live at home with, with, uh, with my parents, um, which, which is absolutely fine. And, um, you know, I enjoy being there. I'm just helping out my dad, helping out my mom. Um, but I'm also, because I'm, I'm always trying to push myself, you know, every morning I'm up at like 5 a.m. Today I'm up at 5 a.m. Um, and I'm, you know, taking the time to study and to learn. And it's, I'm always thinking about now that I'm here, even though I may not have wanted to come back and be here, it's boring. There's not a whole lot of things to do, you know, for, but there are avenues to grow uh, and kind of take the environment you're in and see what you can kind of come out, out of it. And as you mentioned, just coming here into the building every single day has been a blessing uh, yeah. for me. And that's what I'm so excited about. That's awesome. That is great. So I know you love baseball. Um, <laughs> You're a golden bear. We, uh, I was a Binghamton boy, and yep. they were they were definitely a rival. Yep, um, Patriots. Yes, uh, <laughs> some good some good games there. I'd love to just get your perspective on when you were say in high school. Mm-hmm. What did you What did you think about doing as a career? 
good question. Um, so I wasn't so I wasn't that well uh, academically, um, and I had a tough time with with school, but. Actually, what I would do is sometimes during my lunch break and after school, and you know uh, I wasn't playing uh, sports, I would actually come and just spend time at uh, Bardo Library at Binghamton University. I loved just going to campus, walking around, um, and I really wanted to come straight to Binghamton University uh, because it was right in my backyard, and just being in the nature preserve and just you know and uh, um, and so I, the amount of just books and material that was there at the library, like I just love being there so much. And so I, I wasn't quite sure, but I, I was very passionate about um, storytelling and, and writing and uh, dabbled a little bit in, in, in high school with it. Um, was thinking about, you know, exploring, you know, uh, kind of the creative arts uh, a, a vision, um, but you know, and and I was able to contribute what I could in in high school, and I got a lot of a, a lot out of it. Uh, but I realized uh, quickly that, you know, there there are probably other things I can do that can just have impact. You know, it's like I just wanted to have more purpose in 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 life, and so the ability, you know. Even though I couldn't get into Binghamton University when I graduated from high school, I was like, okay, yeah, I'll be at BCC. And yeah, it may feel like the 13th grade, but again, it's about taking the opportunity and what you will do with it and running with it. Right. And actually being at BCC really, um, really prepared me for an amazing level of success. The people that were there, the teachers that were there, the groundness that was there, like the it's more than just theory uh, uh, being there. And everyone is like on campus, everyone is real there. You know, there's not you know, any kind of pretentiousness. And, uh, and this is before a lot of the construction um, s started happening. And for but people that don't know, excuse me mm -hmm. for interrupting, yep. BCC is a community college, yes. just because right. uh, I want people to understand and get an idea. So you went to this, you, you went to, we both are right. graduates of BCC. Right. So. Uh, continue absolutely yeah so Broome Community College and uh, was did started taking some uh, business classes uh, there associates in, in in that and because uh, my mom she's an established pediatrician in the area she has her own practice and my father who was an IBMer started getting into real estate and so a lot of times in our culture uh, whoever the, whoever the children are they kind of eventually take over the family business and so I knew, I thought, even, it was kind of like, I, th I thought that that was my destiny. You know, kind of, it was already predetermined for me. Whatever it is my father was doing with either real estate or office management with my mom, that's just how I, you know, I'd find someone and kind of grow and raise a family that way. Um, but through what's so amazing of being in that higher education environment, it really opens up to the world outside of that that you're currently in. And so from that, I was then able to then look at, well, I mean, there's a whole world outside of Binghamton uh, that I can kind of explore and learn and grow from. 
Uh, and that's what, you know, ever since eventually I did get into Binghamton University and I was uh, able to graduate with a degree in human development. Awesome. And uh, my story with that is, I, and so I know, I think you had an interview with uh, Dan uh, Kopsik. Kosick? Yes, Kosick. Yeah, Kosick. Yes. Great. Yes. Great guy. Good great guy. individual. Yeah, absolutely. He graduate. He he has a master of social work mm -hmm. degree, mm -hmm. but he was part of. Uh, it's now called CCPA, College of Community Public Affairs. My degree, I think, when he and he was in a master's program when I graduated. Okay. But at that time, it was called School of Education Human Development. So my degree is in human development, and the reason why my degree is in human development, I do have a minor in business, but. Uh, I really like the fact that the the girl to guy ratio was really nice. <laughs> it was a seven to three ratio. <laughs> That's great. And so I really enjoyed being in those classes. I bet. And uh, it was more conducive for student athletes as well too. Um, and but I also learned a lot about what it meant having an interdisciplinary social science degree. It makes you such a well-rounded and well-grounded individual. Uh, and so to really kind of merge with that you know, kind of understanding of global impact uh, from those experiences there was uh, tremendous. Awesome. Wow. Okay, so you move away. Yep. You come back. Mm -hmm. Your dad got ill. You came back. And then you, how, how does Global Cloud Solutions come to be? Sure. So GCS was, was existing, right? It was running off on, on their own. I was actually working for a company called uh, True Green. I was trying to sell lawn care. And I loved it because I got to walk around and meet with people. And I'm very passionate about you know, looking at sales in the right way. I really see it as one of the most kind of professional endeavor endeavors uh, that can really be helpful for people. Uh, and I wanted to learn how to be like a really great salesperson. Um, but it's really tough. Outside sales is really, really tough. The industry is really, really tough to be in, 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 in specifically in, in lawn care. And as much as I had, you know, kind of internal um, wanting to like really help people, that was not the best way <laughs> to do it. And so as I've had in past experiences where you get the sense of, um, when you're kind of an employee working in a company, when like the writing's on the wall, and you may have had this experience of sure. being on that side of things where you know you're about to be let go. And it's a horrible feeling. And you know, you're not complaining, you're just trying to do your job. And for either things that are out of your hand, some things you can, you can only control what you can control. And, but I knew that it's not gonna work out. And I'm knocking on a door off of Riverside Drive. A young guy comes out, and he's like my age. I'm like, this is awesome. You have your own house, and you know, I, you know, I'd love to just help, you know, improve your lawn, buddy. And he's like, man, I think Imran, you're you're great. You're very knowledgeable. You're very passionate. All these things that you know make an awesome salesperson. But I'm not gonna buy from you. And I'm like, okay, that's cool. And as I was walking away, on the back of his license plate, he had a New York Rangers uh, license thing. I'm like, and this was actually when the Rangers were good. So <laughs> that, to kind of sure. date ourselves about <laughs> over two years ago. And I was like, oh, you know, the Rangers, they're in the playoffs. You know, how, how do you feel about that? I ended up having a whole other hour and 15 minute conversation just on sports alone. 
but it drew back because as I was leaving, he's like, Imran, I really appreciate just talking to you. I want you to know my father-in-law, his name is Tom Gilligan. He has a software company. You know, you know would you be interested to meet with him? And I'd be like, yeah, of course. Uh, I love Silicon Valley. It's a show on HBO. And so I was like, yeah, I, what I want to do is look at sales as a way to deliver a service that can be helpful. And so I want to be in that kind of consultative environment. And that's where I can grow professionally as well. So if there's an opportunity that I can you know, be in an area like that, I'm going to be all for it. I reached out to Tom. And Tom is a very busy guy. Um, I couldn't really interact with him. He just, just kind of ignored me. And I was like, OK, I've been through this before, Imran. I, you, know, you have to figure out a way to really, when you do meet with him, how, how are you consistently providing value? So I learned more about what, what he does. And I learned that he was involved in this thing called Salesforce. Uh, and so I started studying Salesforce. And like what that is as like a really awesome CRM tool, uh, not to get too technical, but I spent about six weeks really delving in and, and studying, you know, what Salesforce is and what it's all about. And I actually studied to get to become a certified administrator to really know the ins and outs of it so that when I was able to approach Tom again, this is about six, seven weeks later, I drove out to Oneana to take a test because that's where the test center was. Failed it on Thursday, went back on Monday, retook the test, passed the test, wow. got the certificate. When I got the certificate, I approached Tom again, and I said, Tom, I know we haven't really met. I just got the certificate in Salesforce. I really want to learn about what you're doing in terms of you know, building solutions for businesses, and you know, how can I help you grow the company? Um, and he's like, Great, yeah, you know, I can't really pay you, but, you know, you, you want to come and just show up every day, learn what we do, and then be in a role that you're creating yourself in business development, take it and run with it. And that's what I've been doing ever since. Wow. Yeah. That's incredible. What a great story. Yeah. Okay, so, not to get too personal, mm -hmm. but are you now a paid employee? Uh, not yet but I'm working very hard to uh, uh, get there. And, uh, and it's, it's cool seeing you know, where the business is and where it's, we're kind of at, at a unique cusp where you know, as we're able to ta bring on more and more projects, um, I think, yeah, I'm, I have full confidence that I'll be able to be in that position um, shortly. So I could say, there's probably not too many people that would have gone to the lengths that you did. Mm -hmm. So this is all on a wish, right? So you, you learn about this guy. You learn that Salesforce is, is the platform. Mm -hmm. You study Salesforce. You become certified. And then you approach the guy. There was a chance right there. He said, buddy, hit the road. Right, absolutely. And you were, you were prepared for that. Yeah. Did you have a backup plan or that wasn't even uh, entering your mind? Um, yeah, because, you know, kind of putting yourself in that position is tenuous at best, right? So you always want to have at least something you could fall back on. I knew, to me, the certificate was a means to an end. It wasn't the end-all, be-all, just having it. it didn't, it's just a piece of paper. 
what I really need is actually experience with that. And that's what I've been learning every single day is having incredible amount of uh, experience that I can kind of grow from. But I knew that once I had this uh, uh, piece of paper, and I think you've kind of mentioned it too about the impact of schooling. You know, like it's tough being in school. I mean, just the cost itself, the tuition, it like it's getting to the point where it's just mind boggling just how out, outrageous it is. And being a young person, being forced to choose, you know, to go to school where you're, you know, education is really getting in the way of true learning. And it just, it doesn't make sense financially. And so, but at the end of the day, and, you, and you've said this before, it's about what are the opportunities can that door open for you? Yeah. And that's why I was committed. I, you know, have my associates, have my bachelors. You know, I, whatever it is I do, I always try to at least get through an end point with it and then move forward and build on top of that. So as I approached Tom, I was like, okay, if it doesn't work out, I at least have something that, and if I have to go to another area or another city. Still have it. I still have yeah. it. Yeah. So the fact that you enjoy sales, did that play into your decision of, of going in so deep it, because it was Salesforce, which is a CRM tool mm -hmm. for or any organization really the, the, to, to help grow their sales? Right, absolutely. And actually what really appealed to me is, uh, especially in, maybe not necessarily in this area, but a lot of areas, um, a lot of uh, cities and companies, Salesforce is ubiquitous. You're in a business-to-business -business environment, pretty much everyone uses Salesforce. But if you ask people, okay, I understand you use Salesforce, but do you enjoy it? And most people are like, no. I, I hate it. It's, it's frustrating. It's more work. It's more work. And that's where I feel where my greatest contribution comes in, is to, at that point to say, you know what, I understand that. I understand that frustration, especially on the sale, you know, trying to use Salesforce uh, on the sales side of things and for salespeople to use it effectively and efficiency and efficiently to, you know, uh, help them with their activities. And uh, I, I love that because, because that is a great avenue to say, yes, um, it's really frustrating working in that ecosystem. But you know what? We help make it suck less. <laughs> and that's our benefit. Okay, so let's go. I, I love this conversation because I, I yeah. use Salesforce okay. in my daily role. Yeah at the company I work for, Zipline. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, we're a payments company, we're yeah. a loyalty company, we're talking to, you know, small companies, large companies, and everything is in Salesforce. Yep. So, what do you say to someone like me and the team that I work with who, you know, we're, and actually, we, we have one guy who has a lot more experience with Salesforce. Mm -hmm. He's helped add on tools for better reporting and mm -hmm. things like that. but. What do you say to a company like us that it's the same old thing? Uh, how can you make it better? Sure, absolutely. I love having these conversations. Um, and so, especially sales are probably, salespeople and the sales division is probably one of the most difficult avenues to really engage with. Oftentimes we'll start with marketing or we'll impact uh, customer success, customer service. Right. Because they want to use uh, the platform um, to really, you know, with the analytics, and that's what makes Salesforce such a robust system. 
so for them, uh, it's a lot easier. They really see the ROI uh, coming from that. But sales is a beast entirely. And the name, the biggest issue is, you know, do you want me to input data in the CRM or do you want me to make sales? And uh, because for many organizations, it takes like so many touch points that then they have to log in so much thing. They really see it as a big brother uh, uh, type of overview over what, you know, I'm just, you know, why, well, like, why are you, why are you doing this to me? And I know that directly from a salesperson perspective where we come in to kind of say, uh, to try to encourage to look at, it, look at it differently, is figuring out ways to make your life easier. At the end of the day, that's what it's all about. How can we help make it more efficient uh, to suit your needs? A lot of times when people adopt or try to use Salesforce, it's because everyone else is doing it. But then they have to change their process to use a system that they don't even like. So we come in, you're a frontline you know, salesperson, you know, yes, you know you're mandated to input things. Uh, we have a great project we're doing now with Buckingham Manufacturing, a local, a local company that's been here since 1896. Really amazing uh, a company doing uh, great things with uh, line equipment, utility equipment, safety equipment. They use Salesforce. They hate it. They absolutely hate it. And so what, the, what we're going through with them is we understand that you're frustrated with it. Let's not worry about what Salesforce is trying to make you do. What do you want to do? How do you want to do lead management? Oh, you just want a simple site where your reps, your distributors can kind of go in and log in potential leads? Well, guess what? We can build that for you and make it super simple, super uh, easy and effective for you to use based on your process rather than you being a slave to technology. Awesome. So you mentioned Waterman's earlier, mm -hmm. Joe Michelle. Yep. And we talked uh, in your office a little bit earlier about something you're working on for them. So can you give that example mm -hmm. um, so people could have an understanding of, of, of a, a real life opportunity where your company helps a real world company? Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. I won't get too much uh, uh, into it now because of uh, uh, confidentiality, but I'll do my best to uh, explain uh, what we are. So basically any business um, is very focused on you know, either lead management, opportunity management, you know, uh, quote delivery. Every business has some sort of reporting that they have to do. And Waterman's is, is no ex exemption, especially in the uh, liquor industry. There's a lot of reporting that has to be done to New York State for regulation purposes. Mandates, right. Uh, mandates. And yeah. what we come in as a company, it's about developing better tools for your business. It's not tools for better business. It's how, how technology j can just help make your life easier uh, and make things a little bit more simpler, a little bit more streamlined. Uh, and so what we're looking into doing is because they have to do a lot of uh, uh, handwriting and a lot of hand reporting is looking at, you know, developing a tailored, unique solution that fits their needs, uh, that uses technology effectively for them uh, so that they can make their reporting lives and administrative lives a little bit easier. And then, by the way, it's actually also in the future going to help with other things that as their business continues to grow. They've been in business about a year and they want to be here long term. Uh, 
but the challenges you face as a startup to scale up to an established business, you know, how do you have tools in place that can help you scale your business as you are trying to grow? That is what we're going to come in, we're going to solve this one pain point that keeps them up at night. And we love to say, what is the biggest thing that keeps you up? Let's deal with that first. Let's address that first. That's what I love doing when it comes to interacting on a sales component because I want to help customers overcome that challenge. And then once that is done, now you can kind of begin to think about, well, what else is there? That's awesome. And then eventually, hopefully with Waterman's, and then not only Waterman's, every other distillery on the planet goes through this too. So There's, it could be repurposed. Absolutely. Yeah, no, that's great. Absolutely. And I, I definitely could relate, and I'm sure a lot of people listening, everyone could probably relate to this, that especially with a startup, that if you make those early decisions now to mm -hmm. put the efficiencies, the systems in place to help you scale, it's going to be a lot less painful than six months, 12 months, 18 months down the road right. where your business is even larger than it is today, right? right. So the quicker you can make those changes, the better. Yeah, absolutely. We pride ourselves in building things that are, are fast, you know, efficient, agile. And then all these things, we're, we're learning about Scrum and, and Sprints and all these things that a lot of people are saying this is the best way to approach software development, but we're already doing it, which is really cool to think about because that's how we approach our client engagement as well. And then even as our clients continue to grow, Many people feel this, and they come across this all the time. The vendor landscape that provides solutions to address people's pain points, they get uber expensive. Yeah. It's like they hijack you and say, well, in order to really, you know, it's like you have to pay, you know, out the nose type. It's almost bribery and, and almost a level of extortion. You but know, sometimes there's no other choice, right, unless you do it yourself. Unless you do it yourself. Yeah. And so partnering with us in the beginning will help you address those challenges as they come so you're not having to deal with with those uh, you know mechanisms I mean there are other vendors that are providing you know these solutions for distilleries but none of those are uniquely tailored to fit what 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 you're trying to do and that's where the customization and the system integration um, within technology really comes in as an awesome benefit that's awesome. So what's great about the podcast world today is that it people from all around the world are able to listen, mm -hmm. you know, to to the show, which is great. You and I live in the same community. Yeah. M most people listening to this don't know what Binghamton is, but they right. could probably relate uh, in a lot of ways. So, if you can talk about the area, mm -hmm. why it's important to you and the impact that you would like to make on this area you know, in, in the future? Sure, absolutely, great question. Um, so this was actually uh, before my time, before I was born, you know, my father talked about this, Tom, my supervisor, talked about how Binghamton was very much like the Silicon Valley of the East. Look, all the amazing corporations that came out of it, especially in manufacturing, especially in technology, and to hear, like, when I hear that, I'm like, you know, I smile and I, like, grin a, a little bit because I'm like, really? Like, come on, really? But to really delve into the stories, um, it's really awesome to, like, just kind of 
hear all the great things that have had happened uh, before. And the potential is just so much there. And so looking at how we can create another valley of opportunity. Uh, at no other time can this really happen in, in, until now and at this point. And so I have a choice either, you know, what can I do to commit to help, you know, grow that level of opportunity? Or do I, you know, maybe find another valley to kind of pitch a tent in? And I very well could. And it may just so happen. I may have to. But at this point, uh, at this time, uh, this is where I'm going to stake my claim. This is where I'm going to wear, you know, my thumbs down to the bone and figure out ways, you know, to really make it happen. Uh, and that's what I'm just passionate about and, you know, just knowing about the history that, you know, uh, to really, really grow and live off the backs of, of giants of people who have done this uh, before, I really see it as a unique way that in my, as much as my capacity uh, that I have, and I may feel it may be limited, but it can still be impactful. And that's what I'm really excited about. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, earlier you talked about your culture. Mm -hmm. You referenced your culture. Can you talk about your culture and the impact that's had on you as a person? Sure, absolutely. My family is uh, Pakistani. Uh, my father um, worked for IBM and he was able to sponsor my mother to come from Pakistan wow. to come here to, to, the U, to the U.S. And when was this about? Uh, in the 70s and uh, uh, 80s. Okay. Uh, uh, before I was born. <laughs> right. Uh, and so they were able to, my father, he could have gone anywhere. You know, IBM, uh, there's an old joke about IBM. IBM never fires you. They just <laughs> ship you off to other locations. <laughs> and, I mean, he could have gone. And he wasn't, he was never in a position where, uh, you know, where they wanted to let him go, but because of downsizing. And, and that's the thing, because of the area, I think we've, we've had this um, mentality of what it was like to have like a paternalistic company, like Endicott Johnson uh, before, to kind of, you know, provide for, for the people. But that's the problem when you have a community based on one company or one industry, when that company or industry leaves, what happens? You know, you have to figure out a way you know, to do something. And my father felt he pressured, you know, he was kind of forced into early retirement, which he didn't really want, but, you know, and that's, uh, you know, he's kind of learned from that. And so um, with that, and I'm hearing all these stories of all these great things of what the area was like in the 60s and 70s, again, before my time, but not knowing what it was, uh, but now really beginning to see just the incubator, what's happening in downtown Binghamton, um, the, the impact that the university is having on, on the area. It's like when I was at other places that are, may very well be down the road, you go to Boston, Atlanta, Chicago, so many things are happening that when you're in there, when you go visit those places, you're like, well, that's how it's always been. But to be at a place and time here and now to be like, well, yeah, may, there may have been really great times back then, but that was before my time. I've only known what it's like to be here and now and when IBM was on the decline, when there are no jobs, when all my friends have left. But to be at this point of time here and now where maybe you're 
creating something where young people can kind of either come back to the area or stay in the area and think about having a family here. And, you know, that is just an incredible experience to go through. And why is that so, why is that so important to you? Why is it important to you to be in an area? Because I heard you talk early on about your, the glory days of being able to just go outside and play. Mm -hmm. Come home when it's dark. Yeah. You know, uh, in some ways, I, I, do, you, do you just want that for others? Uh, I do. I mean, to be selfish, I want it for myself. Because just like how my father uh, has supported my mother, I'm blessed with the opportunity uh, um, to be married in December. Uh, my wife is in Pakistan uh, right now. Okay. And so, and then to think about, you know, my next steps is like, not only do I have to be concerned about myself, but when I bring her over, you know, I have to be there for her. I have to provide for her uh, financially. And so it's one thing to like kind of play, you know, the entrepreneurship hat, you know, right now. It's just myself. I'm accountable to myself. Right. And I'm helping out my parents. I'm doing what I can. But now it's this whole other person I'm, who is from another country. And, all the, and she has a big family and she's surrounded by family. And I'm bringing her here and it's just us. And so now I have to be like, okay, Imran, like what you've been doing since July 2017, you've made some impact. You'd like to make more of an impact so you can, you know, be a little bit more well-established and be able to provide for her and then enjoy, you know, really try to grow and learn um, uh, and have a fulfilling life with her. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see, you know, not only what happens this summer, but six months from now, when, you know, these things are, they're already happening, they're already going to happen. So I'm just excited, you know, to be part of the, the ride. It's a thrilling. That's so awesome. <laughs> Congratulations, so, that's great. Yep. Uh, Dr. Sethi, do you know him? Yes. I believe I he's also Pakistani. Mm -hmm. Yep. Um, I'm fascinated by the culture. Mm -hmm. Don't know too much about it. Uh, he made a tremendous impact on me as far as just talking to a doctor that was so spiritual, mm -hmm. you know, and he brought that into his work, mm -hmm. literally, uh, praying for patients yep. that he says makes a difference in the outcome of their surgery. Mm -hmm. Made an impact on me. Um, can you tell us a little bit about your, your culture, your work ethic? Um, how much does that impact you being here? You were born here. Your yep. folks were or not, right? Mm -hmm. um, how does that translate, the, the culture translate to over here? Because it, it will have an effect on, on your wife. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Great question. Um, it's been really fascinating to kind of grow, like grow through this. I was about to say go, but really it's a growing experience, right? Where many times in my life I felt very challenged where I see myself more as an American than as a Pakistani. And I wanted to do more American things than, you know, uh, than just kind of staying at home. And so there's all these kind of push-pull tendencies. Uh, but realizing what my culture, the dedication of the family, how that's permeated and uh, really helped me be very focused, very grounded, very committed. Uh, it's about that commitment to... Um, you know, having that impact, it's all because of my culture. And it's not something I need to run away from 
or shy from or to say, no, I'm not part of that. You know, oftentimes when people do do that and have those experiences, they eventually come around because they realize that it's what enhances you. It's what brings, that's why it's about, it's, it's important to value diversity and value differences because all of us can kind of grow from that. We're not monolithic, we're not homogeneous, we're not all these things that maybe other people who don't know pretend us to want to be. Uh, you can actually flourish uh, from these kind of cultural enhancements. And that's the way how I'm beginning to see it now, uh, you know, kind of uh, growing. Um, and I'm just excited about, you know, I'm going to have this amazing opportunity to bring someone who is, again, not tied to the U.S. and to help her grow herself and her own professional development, her own skills. You know, Pakistan is very tough to be in right now. It's a very tough country. It's very poverty stricken. And so, you know, providing these avenues for growth, not only for me, but for her as well, uh, and to see what comes of it, uh, it's so such a blessing. Yeah. yeah. And you mentioned earlier about the workshop mm -hmm. and how I said family was important right. to me. So I want you to know the reason that even came to be is because of Dr. Sati. Mm. So he really helped me look internally yep. about my central core, mm -hmm. about, you know, he explained how important it is to, to have that set first. Mm -hmm. If your central core of your family, your parents, your siblings, your own immediate family, if that's not in a good place, then that could affect everything else in your life. And mm -hmm. I never really thought about that until I, I sat down just like this with you, with him, and he helped me see that. So uh, just interesting that from the same culture, we're hearing a s very similar message from you today, mm -hmm. how important family is, and, and, yeah. and, and I appreciate you, you sharing that with us. Yep, thank you. So look, this has been great. I can't wait to follow your career. Um, you have your Salesforce uh, certificate now, mm -hmm. but I know you are a force to reckon with. I could see your career in front of us. I mean, I, I just know you're going to do good things, and I can't wait to, to stay in touch with you for us to track your progress. I want to have you back here. Our producer, Michael, uh, sent a message in my ear a few moments ago about mm. that we need to have him back. Yeah. And, and he's right. We do because uh, this is a great story, and, and I know you're going to do a lot of good things. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate that. And I just wanted to uh, also say uh, that to me is – the realness of American Real, right? Like the na name it of itself captures so much that your ability, and I appreciate the fact that you're allowing multiple voices to come in and diverse voices to come in and interact with uh, is really in incredible. And I'm really excited to see, you know, all the great things that are going to emerge from this. And so thanks. Uh, and I even it's think been a blast. Yeah, there may be opportunities to work together on some things, mm -hmm. you know, as, as our businesses are both trying to scale. So yeah. uh, we'll, yeah. we'll, we'll see where that goes as well. Yeah. Uh, Great. Before I let you go, uh, just a couple of, of, of uh, questions left. Mm -hmm. um, if you were to take out your cell phone and call the 20-year-old you, <laughs> what advice would you give? <laughs> Great question. Great question. I'd love for you to uh, provide uh, an uh, answer too. 
Um, 20 year old me, so. Wow. Um, for me, coming out of high school, I thought my greatest lesson was don't compare yourself to others. And then it still stuck with me. Who, who gave you that advice? Uh, I, I probably read it okay, somewhere. Okay. Or, 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 uh, but it stuck with it, you. But it, yeah. And, but I still, like, it's one thing to say it, and it's one thing to, like, realize it. Because all of my other friends were going out of the area again. And, um, and many of them got into places where they really wanted to go. Uh, and so it's really tough, you know, combating decal envy. <laughs> For, uh, for especially for higher education. So, but to fast forward a little bit past that, um, probably the best advice um, or what I would instill in myself is um, it's about, I think I've grown so much just by being patient mm -hmm. and, uh, and just waiting for an opportunity to, to strike in the sense of like, you may have this desire to want things to happen a certain way. Uh, and yes, to the best of your ability, definitely try to promote that and, and do that. But at the end of the day, it may not always be up to you. Uh, but if you're able to just ground yourself and hold yourself accountable to your core values uh, and stay committed to that, I would say patience and commitment that will allow you to really understand that, yeah, you may wanted to do something at a certain time, but it's not happening. And yes, you could be upset about that and all the negative emotions with that. Or you can just wait, center yourself, be mindful of yourself, understand that it may not be the best time right now. Just wait. And I promise you it'll, it'll, it'll happen. Us today, it's, it's because of that. And so I really thank you for that. Awesome. Awesome. Yep. Ultimately, you're still a young guy. Mm -hmm. Do you want to leave a legacy? I do. Absolutely. What do you want it to be? <laughs> um, so it, it's funny. I've been around many buildings that have people's names on it. And I find that concept very interesting in the sense of like, you know, someone's name is part of a real estate or they've contributed some financial donation to put their name on a building. Um, and buildings can stand for a long time and maybe that, to have that legacy of your name be there when you're kind of in the ashes and, and on the ground, but that doesn't appeal to me. That is not what I want my legacy to be in. If I had the same circumstance or opportunity to contribute um, to something, I would probably absolutely give, but it wouldn't have my name on it. It would absolutely not have my name. It would probably have something like an anonymous donor or to say something like, this is a contribution for such and such without having my name because that legacy really permeates so much more than what a name is. And eventually buildings crumble. Um, this building, yes, it will be here for a very long time. Uh, and it's amazing that it's endowed to have that sustained growth. Um, but you know, I would never want you know, my name to be on any part of this building. But I do want you know, 
you know, maybe there's a story about me when I'm long gone from this building that, you know, the type of people that came out of this building had some sort of contribution to, to society. And that's what, that's the type of legacy I, I would like to have, you know. Well, I think that's a great expression of who you yeah. are. You're selfless. Uh, you want to help people uh, that came through loud and clear today in this great conversation. And, and, and I can't thank you enough for sitting down with us, Imran. And I, and I want to definitely track your progress. Mm -hmm. I know you're onto some really big things. Mm -hmm. And um, I look forward to, you know, to watching you grow. Yeah, great. How can people get in touch with you if, if they need to? What's the best way? Um, I, I have a presence uh, on, online, uh, LinkedIn. Okay. I, I really uh, enjoy interacting with. And especially if you have any problems with Salesforce, I'm your go-to guy. Love it. Even just having a conversation. It doesn't hurt. It doesn't cost anything. I know you're having frustrations. I'd love to just help. Welcome to the American Real family. <laughs> Thank you. Thanks a lot. Awesome. Thanks for tuning in to American Real. Be sure to visit our website, AmericanReal.tv, or search for us on iTunes or YouTube for past episodes. While you're there, please rate us or leave us a review, as that helps others find our show. I am truly grateful and appreciate all of your support. At American Real, we're on a mission to help as many people around the world fulfill their dreams and obtain their goals. If you'd like to be part of our inner circle or want one-on-one -on -one coaching, Check out the American Real Learning Academy, where we have self-help groups and courses so you can build the best you. We also have a new Facebook group where you can connect with high achievers from around the world. If you want to go even further, maybe you're determined to write your own book or launch your own podcast, contact me today to see if we could help. You can reach me through Instagram or Facebook or email me directly at roger at americanreal.tv. And speaking of podcasting, our next course will be starting soon. So if you're interested in launching your own podcast, join me at Podcast Your Passion. I'll take you through my eight-week course where I'll mentor you to build a world-class podcast. I'm only taking on a small group of people who want to share their passion through broadcasting, where I'll have you up on iTunes and YouTube within weeks so you can podcast your passion. Click on the link below for more information. Thanks for tuning in, and we'll see you next week.